Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and we're here in the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And today I am privileged to have Micah and Hannah with me. And you've heard Micah before. Him and I have been on here rambling about something. And uh, this time Hannah is with us as well. And both of you are former NBI students. I guess you're still in the middle of it, Micah, or the end of it, or whatever the summer we call of it right yeah, now right yeah. what do you do in the summer for nicolay bible institute what do they have you do um over the summer well uh once you graduate from nbi you stay on for the summer helps with tuition and fees and everything right and just gives you what i think is a perfect opportunity to take what you've learned at nbi and apply it over the summer talking to different campers and uh, this summer i'm working out in the barn as a wrangler so um, neat, neat thing about that is I get to work with the horses and campers come out. So I get to interact with the campers and talk with them. They ask questions about NBI and it's really fantastic experience for me. So God can use people who like horses and work with them. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, of course. The body principle kicks in there. And Hannah, you've been with us. You were through the program a year ago. Yes, right? I was. Yeah. And what, what did you do after your year at NBI? So after my year at NBI, I then became an intern um, under the retreats director here. So I helped lead all of the different retreats that were here, leading meals, leading um, schedule-wise, and just a whole bunch of different random things. It's hard to kind of describe all that I did. You were kind of the person in charge of the weekends, you might say. And, you know, you did a great job, so much so you're staying another year to do that. And one of the goals we have, so I'll ask you if we've achieved it at all in your lives. One of the goals is not just to understand what the Bible says, but to understand how to die to yourself and serve others. Is is that happening? I think so. At least for me, anyway, it's definitely definitely a challenge. Um, you're out the barn. Um, out the barn, I have somewhat of a leadership position as one of the head wranglers, and a lot of the times, what I'm finding, especially in leadership, is and listening to you talk, is you want to. Um, Make sure that you're building others up and doing things to make other people better, looking for the right. best in others. And sometimes you really want to do something, but you know somebody else also enjoys that and it'll grow them. So you got to die to yourself there and just let them do that particular job or something. So, yeah. Well, good. And have you learned um, while you've been an intern, while you've been a student, have you learn the value of serving other people or is that still on the side somewhere um no i definitely have learned the value of it and just with the busyness of it you have to learn very quickly that um what you want often doesn't happen because you have to go and run and do something else um especially with being like in charge of the weekends a lot of times i would sit down to go and do something but then all of a sudden i would get called over the radio and be like, you need to come and do this. And so then have to get up right away and do it without complaining and help the um, camper that is here because that's why I'm here. Yeah, you know, one of the interesting things is no matter where you are in ministry, anywhere in the world, you better be flexible because we're working not with machinery, even though machinery would break down and you'd have to figure out how to fix that as well. We're working with people and the variables are incredible. But God made us to serve. He didn't make us to be takers. He made us to be actually givers. And so we give. And when you give, you're fulfilled. And, and we know theologically that that's a really important part of life. But how often do we actually take a break and say, I am going to actually work on serving. That's what I'm going to do. So I develop myself into a good 
servant or a good server or a good, you know, somebody that can be used of God in this way. And when you do that, you actually get fulfilled. But it's hard because you're looking at everybody else in our world taking care of themselves. And you begin to wonder, maybe I should line myself up with taking care of myself first. But that's not what God made you to do, believe it or not. He made you to serve and to give. And really, as you do that, I'll, I'll warn you guys, as you do that, you'll actually become very unique. Because that's not how the country goes. But it's also the way you find stability in life and you see God and who he is and experience who he is and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm talking like an older guy because I am. And one of the things that is very important to me is that young people like yourself have a chance to actually learn what we actually talk about rather than just know what we talked about, if that makes sense. And the way you learn it is by experiencing the things in life that you have to. Nikolai Bible Institute gives you guys a chance to do that. You guys have been exceptional. You're staying another year, Micah, and you are? Yep, I'm staying another year as the guys RA for next year's class. So... Um, I mean, a little background on that. Since growing up, uh, going to different camps, you know, they'd have the RAs and higher up guys, you know, there that I looked up to. And coming here, it kind of reignited that almost passion for me to be that kind of guy that people look up to and be there for like students or younger people. And so I applied and got accepted. And so I'm excited to stay on another year. It'll definitely be challenging. Um, definitely a growing experience for me, so I'm excited for Good. it. And I'm excited to have you here. That'll be fun. Hannah, what are you doing this coming year? I'm going to be doing the same internship again um, with the retreats director. So it's going to look a little different. I'm going to be able to do a little more of different things to kind of grow me some more, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, you know, it's, it really is exciting to see these two continue to grow and develop in their relationship with uh, God and to see them enjoy God and enjoy each other and use their talents and skills here on the earth to appoint people to God. And I encourage you to always do that. It will always be difficult because Satan knows in every stage of your life what he needs to throw at you to discourage you. And I promise you that as long as you are doing something of value, he's going to be doing something to try and discourage you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not that you can ever really identify it half the time. It's just this undercurrent that's always there and you wish it wasn't there but it always is. And so if you don't learn to actually keep your eye on where you're going, you're in trouble. Now, one of the illustrations for me is uh, Linda and I like to go out at camp. We have those, those uh, paddle boards you can stand on and go around. And, and Linda's pretty good at it, and I'm not. But the reason I'm not good at it is I'm on several medications for narcolepsy. In fact, all the medicine I'm on causes you to be dizzy or not be good at balance, not necessarily dizzy, but have balance issues, I guess they would say today, or whatever mm. that might be. So I always have to look at the horizon. And if I start looking around, like, to where my wife is, I'll fall. <laughs> because I, I go into this um, non-balanced state at that point. And so I look around, and boom, in the water. So I've learned. i got to keep my eye in the right place. And if I do, this paddleboarding stuff could be kind of fun. And if I don't, I'm in the water. Mm. And I would encourage you the same way with our relationship with God. You keep your eyes in the right place. Uh, you, you might have issues like everybody else has them. You might have life balance issues even. But keep your eye where it belongs, and eventually you'll enjoy the whole ride because it's, it's something you can do. 
Uh, speaking of that, though, you know I'm always interested in young people being successful in life. So I don't know if Nicolay Bible Institute and Hannah, the internships that you've had, are going to be effective or not until about 20 years from now. When I see you living your life loving God and enjoying people and using your life well, I'll think, well, maybe it did you some good, you know, at that point. Um, it's easy to try and evaluate things quickly, but things can't be evaluated quickly because we can all put on an act and we can all be, you know, be, be doing things that people want us to do around us and, and it looks good, but it's not necessarily going to be helpful long term. And honestly, I don't think I'm going to be around here 20 years from now, so I'll have to look from heaven and say, hmm, either you're doing it or you're not, and we'll, we'll <laughs> see about that. Uh, but with that in mind, as you being young people who have been through MBI, do you have um, any life goals that you're looking at saying, it, it general, I'm not talking about specific, but, but general goals and say, here's what I would like to, when I'm Dave's age, I would have liked to have had this, either reputation or I'd like to, I'd like to have mastered something. Do you have any of those goals that you're thinking about, something you would like to achieve? Well, I know for me, uh, just thinking about it, and how you phrase it then, you know, say say I'm your age and looking back, I want to have accomplished um, raising a family in a way that honors God, okay. serving others in a way that points them to God and not thinking of myself, just thinking of others. Okay. Have you ever written that down? Probably not. Okay. Do you have any goals? And I like that. Yeah. Um, I think one of my biggest goals is just always to whatever I'm doing to remember that I am not here for myself, that I'm here to honor and glorify God through everything I do. Um, and when you get into the everyday life, you don't really think about that much. You're just going through the motions. You're doing what you have to do. Um, but when you actually stop and think of, okay, why am I here? Why have I been, why have I been created? Um, and just to be able to recognize that and take a moment and stop and realize that this is why I'm here. And okay. then um, just when I look back when I'm older, I would love to have had a family that also honors and glorifies God. Okay. So when you look at that, it, it, have you written that down at all anywhere? I don't think so. What I would encourage you to do, and anyone listening, write it down. Write it somewhere and look at it every day. Just write it and look at it. Because what happens then is whatever happens during the day, you can ask yourself, can I achieve this through that? And most of the time, you know, for me, unless you're out there going totally against God and saying, I'm going to sin, can I achieve this? But you can't do it that way. But like when I got narcolepsy, when I, when I, was, um, when I had my uh, lung embolism and in the hospital, when you're, you're, sometimes you look at things, you go, can I honor God? in this situation? And the answer is yes. So then your next question is, all right, then how? What do I need to do in this? And all of a sudden, every challenge of life is great. I mean, every challenge is something that you look at and go, I can still do that. I can still do what's important. So someone comes in and says, oh, you know what? You just lost your job. You lost your insurance. You lost your inheritance. You lost all your money. And you mm -hmm. think, can I still enter God through that? Yes, I can. I win. Mm -hmm. I can still do it. And so you still, I have found the important things in life, nobody can take them from you. Not a situation, not a circumstance, nothing can take what's important from you if you know what it is. Mm. So if you write it down and it truly is right, 
You know, one of the, the verses I think of a lot are the passages, and you go back and see, uh, and you've heard me speak on this, so you'll have to go into board mode for a minute. But <laughs> um, is, is Elijah on Mount Carmel when, when he was challenging all the prophets of Baal. And basically, right before he did his thing, you know, first of all, it's like, okay, nobody else in the whole country is listening to God. How's this working? Well, it's not working real well because nobody's listening. Anyway, just Elijah. So he's up there by himself, and he's taking on everybody. Everybody of power, everybody of authority. You would look at this and think, this is crazy. I mean, what this guy's doing is nuts. He's, how can he go against everybody? Because he's right. So then he makes it harder, throws water all over the altar. You know, I mean, basically says, well, if I'm going to have God light this thing, it doesn't matter whether it's wet or not. So let's, let's, just, let's just douse the thing so they make sure <laughs> that know it. So he made his ministry harder, not easier. And I think, I look at models today of ministry, and I think, who does that? Who, who actually and intentionally says, I want this harder so people see God? It, yet, is that wrong? See, I don't think it is. So then he makes it harder, and then his prayer is the prayer that, that I have said over and over and over and over again in my life. It's, it, he was looking at the people, and he prayed before God sent the fire, and he said, God, Show them today who you are. And if they say anything about me, let them say I'm your servant. Mm. That's it. That's all he wanted. And boom, fire came from, you know, and the whole works. And, and God said, I am God. Watch this. Boom, gone. Doesn't matter what you throw on there. Elijah probably looked up to him and said, I knew that. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what I put on there. You were going to blow it up. And you did. And that was very cool. And now everybody around knows. And Elijah's attitude was so precious. It was like, you know, I just want people to know who God is. And if you think of me at all, I hope you see me as a servant of mm -hmm. him. And it's those kind of verses that I would encourage you to write down or write down your goal in a way where you can look at it every day. And when you get into a circumstance where you go, this stinks, pick it up and look at it again. And ask yourself that vital question. Can I do this through this circumstance? And if so, click your heels and run away and say, no, I win. <laughs> you know, I, I think of that too at the Apostle Paul. You remember he, how many times was he beaten? And how many times in prison? How many times? This man was like the poster child for abuse. And yet they could not get, steal his joy. They couldn't, no matter what he did. We're going to kill you, he goes. I win. <laughs> We're not going to kill you. You win. And I win because I get to tell you about Jesus because I'm still here. Well, then we'll kill you. Then I win again. <laughs> it's like they had to go back to their committee meeting and say, We're not bothering him. Why? Because he knows what he's about. Mm -hmm. And he's about showing who God is. They didn't get that, but the Apostle Paul did. And you can imagine this guy was frustrating to the enemy. The enemy couldn't get him. No matter what they did, they couldn't get him. And I encourage you to. You, you are very special young people who can love God and make an impact for many years to come. Make sure you know what you're about. Write it down. Remind each other of it often. Look at it. Enjoy it. And then when hard times come, realize, I can still do this. The important thing in life, I can still do. Mm -hmm. And you do it. And I've seen that with people who have died of uh, slow progressing diseases. 
It's like, that can't stop me from doing what I'm supposed to. Uh, people have uh, suffered other tragedies. I mean, honestly, there's nothing that can do that. But before you get there, obviously, you, you got to know God. Would that be a good goal? Yeah, I'd say it's a good starting point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've often said, and again, it's one of those things where if you're disappointed with God, you don't know him. If you're angry with him, you don't know him. I mean, it all goes back to that. So that that is a goal. Do you each have the goal of wanting to know God? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what do you do about it? I mean, are you doing anything about that, or is that just like in the back of your head? Well, <clears throat> I suppose it starts off with um, going back to my time at NBI, and one of the biggest words I took away from <clears throat> NBI was intentionality. Okay. And if you're wanting to get to know God and grow closer to him, if you're wanting to get to know anybody and grow closer with them, you have to make that intentional time exactly. and spend the time with that person. So if you're wanting to get to know God better, grow closer to God, you got to make that intentional time and just spend time with him in his word and prayer. So is that what you're doing? Yes. Okay. And Hannah, similar? Yeah, it's very similar. Um, every day I try and at least do something in the word. Um, not every day do I get something, but just that dedication of continually doing it so that I am able to get stuff when God wants to speak to me. Um, it is definitely a challenge, though, and it's not easy to carve out that time, especially at camp where it's super busy. Right. Mm -hmm. So it has to take a lot of intentionality to be able to do that. It does. Is, do you think there'll ever be a time where um, you're forced to do that? I don't think so. At least they shouldn't come to that point, really. Okay. There, there, there could come a time, though. You know, in my age bracket, I know people who have retired and don't do anything. And they regret the fact that they didn't spend the time they should earlier. Enjoying mm -hmm. people and enjoying God the way they should. Um, you guys know, and anybody that's listening that's a believer knows, it's important to know God. If you don't have a way to do that, then you're lying to yourself. You know something's important, but you don't do it. It's like in a human relationship. Um, you guys are in the, in the studio together. You're actually dating or whatever you want to call that word, if I <laughs> use the word right. So in order for you to get to know each other, you actually have to do something together. You can't just say, I want to get to know this person. I'll see you next year. Hopefully we know each other better by then. <laughs> mm -hmm. That'll work real well. Yeah. And, and since it doesn't work on a human scale, there's so many things in life that, believe it or not, they're, um, they're constant, unfortunately. Like, you don't work out with weights once in your life and you're done. <laughs> right? I mean, mm. if I went and said, man, I just, I just did curls. Yeah, I'm done for life. <laughs> I wish it worked that way yeah, sometimes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. The fact is, just try to sit around for two or three days and see what happens to your body. It starts to deteriorate. If you, you ever break anything and have it atrophy on you? I mean, it does. I mean, it, I've broken parts of my body and all of a sudden it's in a cast. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. You get that thing off, you can't use it anymore. It's terrible. Yeah. Yep. Then you think, wait a minute, I had muscle there once. Yeah, once, you got to use it every day. Relationships are like that, believe it or not. It's not, yeah, I, I did that. I did that relationship thing with that person, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an ongoing thing. 
So if you want to have a good relationship, if you two want to have a good relationship with each other, you figure out when you can be together and do things together. Now, a lot of people think that means just uh, sitting around staring at each other. You know what I mean? And, and that's really not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is you, you get together, like when I was dating my wife, we would serve here at camp. But we served together. Now, there were times she was a counselor in a cabin. I wasn't because I, I'm a guy. She's a girl, so we didn't do that, obviously. So I didn't see her a lot. But we were still serving together. We saw each other from a distance. We, we were able to know what each other was doing. And eventually saw that the hearts, our hearts were the same in what we were trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. uh, but we were intentional about it. In fact, you know, when I uh, chose my career, I chose to be a teacher and I chose it based on the fact that I loved ministry in the summer with kids. And so someone accused me and said, so you became a teacher because you got the summer off. And I said, exactly. And it wasn't because I wanted the summer off. It was because teachers got trained extremely well as far as how to deal with people and children. And I wanted to be able to deal with people, children well, and then I wanted to serve in the summer at camp because I saw the the fruit of spending time with people in a relational setting like camp. And so I set my whole career up around it so that I could come here every summer. Because back in my day, you came for the summer, you didn't get paid, you didn't, there was no money. We were a billion, gazillion dollars in debt. And so that wasn't happening. But the ministry was so powerful that I thought, I'll just, you know, I, as a teacher, I got paid through the summer, I'll come up here, work for nothing, and just be with kids. And uh, eventually I moved up here and live here and, you know, that's the end of that story for that, as far as not coming up just summers anymore, but living here <laughs> for the last 40 years. So I, I encourage you, when, when you look at what you're going to do in life, you set simple goals like, okay, I want to know God. You also write that down as a goal. Just write it down with the other life goal. Mm -hmm. Part of doing this is knowing who God is. So then you can look at it and go, every day you can ask yourself real quickly, what did I do today to get to know him? Nothing? Well, okay. Then maybe I still need to do that. I, I was talking to an old guy once when I was younger, your age, so he's probably my age, um, or listening to him, I can't remember. Anyway, he basically said that he never goes to sleep any day of his life since like 18 years old or something where he didn't read at least 100 pages. Wow. That's a lot. A day. And I thought, wow. God, I'll make a commitment to 50 because I only want to be half that man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, it, really, that was my joke at the time with God. It's like, I only need to be half of him. And, and since then, God has just convicted me of so many things. Like, really? You want to get to know me? How about spending some time doing it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You have no goals for getting to know me. You have no intentionality. You're just fitting it in whenever you can. And you two being in a relationship yourself, how would it work if you each knew that I'm only fitting you in when I can? And, mm. and if I'm busy doing something else, I don't have any time for you. you know, I don't think that message would be well received by either of you mm -hmm. uh, from the other. But we tend to do that with God like all the time. And, uh, and really, sometimes it's, it's not convenient. To spend time with each other, but you do it anyway. I know I had to learn early in life. I get up now. I'm in the habit of getting up. This morning it was like 4:30 or something. I was up 4:45, mm 
Oof. But it's well, I'm old. <laughs> I go to bed earlier, and I, I get up. I'm usually up by 5 no matter what time I go to sleep. So this morning was just a little earlier. But for me, it's become that early morning time. And I learned that when I had kids because when we had kids, uh, they were around all the time. Mm -hmm. And so since they were around all the time, it was very hard to get time where you could think and you could read and you could pray and you could just spend time with God. And a lot of young people end up getting in a, in a terrible habit where life dictates everything they do and they don't do what's important anymore. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize how slowly and yet how quickly they, their relationship erodes with both God and other people because eventually you know what you're supposed to be doing so you get a little cranky and all kinds of other stuff that is not positive. Um, and so when I got in the habit of doing that, I realized how valuable it was. So I would encourage you to write the life goal down and say, here's my general goal. To me, it's, it, it's, it's the camp motto. You know, I want to know Christ. I want to know God. I want to make him known. Those are my two things. So if mm -hmm. I can do those two things, I'm okay in life. But if I don't know God first, I can't do the other. So I need to, I need to actually then spend time doing both or I'm lying to myself. Mm. So part of younger, older is part of the second part of that for me. I want to make them known. Before that, I spent time already from 4.30 this morning and studying things because I want to know him. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you, you don't have to do it for hours and hours. You, you may not be a philosopher. I understand that. And life changes with seasons, and some people have more time. Some people have less. Um, let, let me ask you this, though. You're, you're growing up in the United States of America. How busy do we need to be? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> not very busy, really. Yeah, don't we choose to be busy? Mm-hmm. I mean, do we have to take advantage of everything that comes our way? Do we have to do everything that everybody else does? I mean, there are busy seasons in life. I understand that. Mm -hmm. There are times, you know, if you work at, I don't know, the mall, uh, Christmas shopping is a busy time. You know, I mean, that's the way it is. If you work in ministry like camping, Summer is pretty busy. You know, I mean, that's the way life is. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of summer, there's a week where nobody's here. You know, then all of a sudden there's nothing going on. And it's spooky mm -hmm. for those of us that live up here because you walk <laughs> around and it's totally quiet. And then all of a sudden there's a billion people here again. And then all of a sudden there's nobody here. So between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, I don't know how many people say, what do you do during Thanksgiving and Christmas? You just don't do anything. It's like, well, <laughs> we, we do things, but it certainly is quiet. Mm -hmm. between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mother's Day weekend, we try not to be here. You know, I mean, those kinds of things. At the same point, you know, you're looking at it going, yeah, there's seasons. I understand this is a busy one. So in my own preparation in life, I will be a season ahead. So right now I'm preparing for the fall. Mm -hmm. I've already prepared for the summer. That's already in the file. And I'm using that as I go through the summer while I prepare for the fall. When the fall comes, I'll be preparing for the winter. When the winter comes, I'll be preparing for the spring. And if I don't do that, I'm in trouble. So I'm going to continue my discussion with Mike and Hannah here for another half hour. I thank you for listening so far to Younger Older. Uh, I, as I said before, I'm Dave Wager. We're here on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute and privileged to be able to speak to a couple of former students and those who are staying on for another year of ministry. And I encourage all young people 
to consider what they can do to learn who God is and to learn to serve him in a way that uh, your talents and your abilities are used by him to honor him. Thanks for listening.